0: If you have your Bibles, the scripture reading will be from Joshua 24, verses 14 through 24. Joshua 24, verses 14 through 24 reads, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors, worshipped beyond the Euphrates River in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve others' gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents up out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He he protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. Joshua said to the people, You are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not you. give your rebellion and your sins if you forsake the lord and serve foreign gods he will turn and, be, and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you but the people said to joshua no we will serve the lord then joshua said you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the lord yes we are witnesses they replied now then said joshua throw away the foreign gods that are among you, and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, We will serve the Lord our God and obey him.
1: Good morning. It is good to see you. It's good to be here with you, and I'm glad to be home. I uh, appreciate y'all's, y'all's love and care. It is so very precious. And uh, before I get carried away, let's uh, let's pray together. Our Father, here we are. We are here together, Lord. To honor you for how all that you've done for us for the life that you've given us your son and simply for who you are father for you are holy you are righteous glorious beyond our imaginations so father here we are and we know father you know you know each one of us you know the days that have been before this one how some of us have struggled how we have not done well in our choices that we've come up across hard things and struggled and hurt so Father we come to you seeking strength comfort, help. Father, here we are. We don't know what tomorrow will be, but Father, we want to commit to you for today and for each day that you give us that we will be your people, that we will use our words to glorify you, that our hearts will always have you enthroned within them that will be seen in the lives that we live. We want to be yours fully and completely, Father, in every way. Father, here we are for you, knowing that we need you and knowing that through your Son we have hope Enjoy. It's through Him that we pray. Amen. <coughs> Excuse me. There are some things that every one of us knows are true. If I gave you a test today, I am pretty sure that uh, we could probably get pretty close to hundred percent from everybody. Y'all know that you're loved. Do you you know if you can say that? We we might easily say, just real quickly, Yeah, I know, because God loves us. I know, because I've got people around me who love me. Sometimes, though, we say that quicker than needs to be said. That we need to stop for a moment and realize the truth of all that we say we believe because when we say I am loved it's a whole lot different when you realize that by seeing it in action to know and see people actually come to you whenever you're in need to know that wherever you are to see what God has done in your life we can say these things but the thing is is How many of us struggle with forgetting things? How many of us, no matter what our ages, have found ourselves forgetting why we walked into whatever room? Years ago when we were in Big Spring, I had an office downstairs for a while and I'd get to the top of the stairs and forget why I went up there. I'd have to go all the way back down, sit at my desk so I could remember why did I need to go upstairs to the secretary. Headed back up. The good news is I'm getting old enough that I'm forgetting that I've forgotten, and it doesn't bother me as much anymore. But in life, we forget even important things. We forget things that we know that we would say this is true, but we forget, we forget and not live them like we say they are. Here at the end of Joshua, we we get, they get some reminders and I think provide some reminders for us because we need, I need reminders constantly. I need to be reminded of the truth that I, I say I believe. Reminded in a way that brings it out so that I live that. So it changes how I live my life. Gesture with 22. Here we have, <clears throat> excuse me. They They've been going through conquering the land. And the, the two and a half tribes that are going to live on the east side, on the other side of the railroad tracks, I'm pointing the wrong way, aren't I? East. On the east side, now they've come to a time where Joshua tells them, you've done what you promised. You've helped out your brothers and here in the, in the battles. You haven't abandoned them. You haven't left. You have stayed true to your promises. Now it's time to go home. So it says, he tells them, for a long time now, to this very day, you have not deserted your fellow Israelites, but have carried out the mission the Lord your God gave you. You've obeyed me, he says. You've obeyed Moses. You've done what you said you would do. Now go home. Go home back to your families. Go back to your homes. Go settle and just remember, when you win in battle, share with everybody. We we just remember what matters. And, And as they go and they get to celebrate this break, these tribes, as they cross over the Jordan River, what they do at that moment is surprising. Because they stop right there. And what they do is they build, I love this phrase, they built an imposing altar. There by the Jordan. They didn't build an altar that somebody would say, oh, I didn't see that. that when this is meant to be something that everybody can see and know that it's there. It cannot be ignored. An imposing altar. And they built this altar. Now, when they build this altar, what's the response of everybody else on the other side, on the west side? They start to gather up because they figured no sooner has they has have they walked off that they've already abandoned God. No sooner, as, as they say they've kept their promises and we've released them, they've already gone their own way and decided they want to serve other gods and, and live their lives the way they want to live them. So they they send a group over to to find out what in the world are you doing. And now, when this altar is built, now, we have to remember, this isn't just oh, a pile of rocks. This has meaning for all of them. Because what do you do with altars? They make sacrifices. They're not just there as furniture. They have a purpose. They have an intent. And because they've built this altar, now the other tribes have to figure out what to do in response. When they ask them, why did you do this? The, other, the two and a half tribes on the other east side said, we did it not because we wanted to abandon God. We did it not to make sacrifices on this altar. We didn't do it for all those things, but we did it because one day, it was our fear that one day, your descendants would say to ours, what do you have to do with the Lord God of Israel? You live over there. You're on the other side of the river. You don't belong to Israel. You're, You're a whole different group of people. And they said, we did this to make sure that nobody could tell them, you don't belong. So one day, he says, if you, they ever say to, the, to us or to our descendants, we will answer, look at the replica. Ah, there's a good word. There's a, re, a copy of what was intended for God. We made a copy. We made a replica of the Lord's altar, which our ancestors built, not for burnt offerings and sacrifices, but as a witness between us and you, to be able to say, we are God's people as well. That we are all in this together. That when they talk about Israel. They don't just talk about the west side of Jordan. They talk about both sides. And they talk about all the tribes. That everybody belongs. Now when we read this. And we hear this story. There's a reminder in there for us as well. The reminder is. We are one. Now in that. It's easy to say, oh, yeah, I know, I know. I know, that's true. But the reality is, how many times do we forget that? How often do we forget what God has done in us, that, that in Christ we are joined together? The thing is, it's not this is not a matter of being able to say, yes, that's true, that all of God's people are united in Christ, that we are one. That the, the, the truth of it is when we live it out as Christ's center. What does it look like when we live as the people who are one in Christ? What does that look for every one of us? Because we can feel like we're on one side of the river or the other. We might might feel like we're on the west side of the river looking back at other folks said, I don't know if they really belong or not because. Do you know how they grew up? Do you know what kind of mistakes they've made? Do you know? We can make all kinds of lists and, and wonder. Do they really belong? And if you live on the east side of the river and you look back, you think, do I really, am I really a part? I mean, I I can make a list of reasons why I wouldn't be included. And this reminder is for all of us to say, no matter where we are, no matter where we are in life, that in Christ, we are one. That he has joined us together. That he is the one at work in us and makes us. So we we look at that in action. How do we treat each other as being Brothers and sisters in Christ. Do we treat each other as really that we are one body? Is the love that we have for each other seen in, in, in each day? Do we play favorites and exclude others? If we're going to say and believe that we are one, it's going to be seen in how we notice each other, how we love each other, how we care for each other. Just the fact of being seen is tremendous. The reminder for us that we are one because of what God has done in us. Chapter twenty three. Joshua says, I'm I'm old. He doesn't just say he's old, he says, I'm very old. I was tempted to ask one of the kids, how old is old? But I know what the answer is going to be. Depending on the age, it's going to be 35 or 45 or 50 old. And then a lot of us kind of giggle under our breath saying, "Ah, you don't know the half of it. But Joshua says, I am very old. And he begins to speak to Israel. These last two chapters, When when you come to the end of your life, what kind of things do you want to tell the people around you? What do you want to make sure they know? What do you want them to learn? And Joshua starts to remind them of of very important things. His last words. He says, as he goes through here, he reminds them. God has kept his promises, and you've seen how that is. You yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. He will drive them out before you, and you will take possession of their land It's the Lord your God promised you. <clears throat> Excuse me, down in verse 14. It says, you know with all your heart and soul that not not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. So Joshua, what he does is, is he, tell, he reminds them. Look at what God has done. Remember, you saw when you walked into this land, this wasn't something you could do by yourselves. God kept his promises. God lets you defeat Jericho. God is the one that lets you defeat every army that's come against you. God is the one that's given you this land. The reason that you are where you are is because of what God has done. And you see how he's kept his promises. So for them, for them to be able to know that they're going to be able to continue to be and do what God wants to accomplish, what does it mean? Hold on to God. Over and over he'll say that. You are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. Verse 10, 11. One of you rouse a thousand because the Lord your God fights for you. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. 12 and 13. If you turn away and ally yourselves with the survivors of these nations that remain among you, and if you intermarry with them and associate with them, then you will be sure that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you. The theme all the way through there, do you hear that, is that God keeps his promises. He's been faithful to them, and for them to continue to be victorious means they have to hold on to God. It's never going to be about their strength. It's never going to be about what they can do. It's always going to be them holding on to God and God keeping his promises. And he says, if you let go of God, you've lost. So as we look at that event there, what do we what do we learn from it? What do we need to remember as we live our lives? When you wake up tomorrow morning, this would be a good thing to start out your day. God's faithful. God is faithful to his promises. And we can can say, yeah, I know, I know he does. He keeps his promises, but we forget that. We forget that God keeps his promises. This is not a matter of maybe. It's not a matter of, well, I don't know if he will for me or not. It is God is faithful. He keeps his promises to every one of us. And, and he, he, he wants us to remember that. Now, he knows how short-sighted we are. He knows how forgetful we are because he wants to make sure that he, he gets into our lives something to remind us over and over again. Remember what he's done right here. In the in this table meant to be here God has said uh, has said I want you to do this every time you get to get together Sunday to remember we remember what Jesus has done we remember what he's done for us and God gives that reminder to us that here we have this table to remember what God has done through his son in our lives we don't just gather around it to just to to talk about something way off away from us. This is something meant to be very personal to us so we can say, I know where I came from. I know what I've done, but God keeps his promises. And because he keeps his promises, he promised that in Christ we can find forgiveness. He promised that in Christ that we find life, eternal life. He promised that in Christ we are transformed and changed from the inside out. We have new hearts and new lives because of what God has done to us in us through Jesus Christ. God is faithful. He keeps his promises. And our hope our hope for each day is to hold on to him. It's never going to be that I i I've got this all figured out. I can do it by myself. If we ever say that we've we've lost. But to say I know what a mess I make in my life by myself, I need God. I need what He does through Jesus. Chapter twenty four is probably one that, that all of us are heard over and over again. As Joshua continues his his reminders to the people of Israel, he says, now look where you're standing right now. In other words, in, in one sense, he's telling them, look where you're standing. Look where you're living. How did you get here? It's the God that did this. He says, remember long ago, Terah, the father of Abraham and Ahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. He says, you're not here because your family is the best one in all the all the nations, in all the world. You're not here because you're extra special. Say, so look, let me tell you, your ancestor, he wasn't, a, he, he had the same problems as everybody else in the world. Terah worshiped other gods. But then what happens? He says, Abraham. And then we on down the line over and over, God says, this is what I've done. He's, the focus is on what God has done. So, after the end of all this, God says, I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities you did not build. And you live in them and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. He says When you look around at, at your life right now, he says, you didn't do this. God says, I did this for you. I did this for you. So, Joshua challenges them. He says, all right, God brought you here. Now, you've got a decision to make. You need to choose. You're going to go back and worship what terror worshiped. You're going to go back and worship what, what's found in Egypt. Are you going to take what the, the idols of the land that you're living in right now, or are you going to serve God? Joshua says, me and my family, we're going to serve God, but you need to make a choice. And they start, and he tells them, now this is really interesting. Have y'all ever walked into some place that somebody's trying to convince you to do something and they start telling you, no, I don't think you can do this. Joshua does that. He says, "You know, look, if if you don't like it, don't follow him. All those gods before, don't go to them." And then he says, "You're not able to do this. You're 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 just going to turn away. There why don't you just go back to what you were before? Why don't you go back to these other gods and not anymore because you're not going to be able to follow God." He doesn't sound like he's trying to get them to serve God, is he? Uh Uh-oh, there we go. And we have, whenever we think about that that aspect of things, say, oh, yeah, you need to, you need to. But the reality is, Joshua is saying, you've got a choice to make, and it's not easy. It's easier to serve all these other gods and not serve the Lord. That's easier. When you serve God, there's going to be some challenges. But you've got to choose who you're going to serve. And what do they say? We will. We will serve the Lord. So Joshua turns around to them. All right? If you're going to do this. Do y'all have a... Do y'all catch this? They've just been 40 years out in the wilderness because of the mistakes of those before them. They've just come into the promised land and God given them all these victories and all these houses and towns and vineyards. And Joshua has to say... All right, throw away those foreign gods. After all this time, who in the world still has a foreign idol carried around in their knapsack? But Joshua tells him if you want to choose, choose. Get rid of the idols, yield your hearts to God, serve Him completely. Don't get into this half-heartedly. Don't don't act like you're going to worship this idol and then come back to God. It's all or nothing. You've got to give yourself to God completely in every way. And to help them to do that, he takes this large stone. And he sets it up near an o- uh, under an oak near the holy place of the Lord. And says, this stone is a witness. That you made this promise. Live what you've promised. Live your choice. And he gives that that challenge. Choose who you will serve and live it out. Isn't that a great reminder? You chose. Live your choice. When we put on Christ in baptism, we've made a declaration. Lord, I am yours 100%. Live your choice. When we, when we are in Christ, there's not, I'm going to do this and do that. It, it is everything. Our whole lives become his in Jesus Christ. We've said in that moment, I'm letting go of what was. I'm going to be what God wants me me to be from now on. And it's not a matter of, of saying it. It's not a matter of saying, yes, I serve God. It's how we live it. When we live our lives. Do our lives show that we belong to Christ? Is that reflected in the choices that we make? We've made a choice. Live faithfully to the choice you've made. Be holy. Live as a redeemed people. Live as a people with hope. Remember. You chose to be God's. You chose to be His. Live that choice. It it, it is interesting that um, along the way, that these statements and reminders were tagged with physical locations. An imposing altar... Something that they could look at and get reminded, this is what, what this means. A stone set up a, under an oak tree said, this is what this means, to remind us of that. And and it's interesting how our brains work, that when we have a physical connection to something, it helps us out. You, whenever you're trying to remember something, one of one of the things that's been taught to help us remember what we're going We can talk about lists and number them. I, I was taught this, and I, I can't remember all of it. But you know, we have number one, and then you can say number one is this, and you tie it all together, and you can rhyme it, and help your, your mind to remember. Another way is having, they talk about a memory palace. It works at home. If y'all walked into your front door right now, what's right there first? First thing that you would see to the right of your door. Can you picture it? It might just be a wall, it might be a table, it might be some shoes. But every one of us, when we walk through our house, we don't have to think about it. We know where everything is. And one of the ways that you can remember things is to put what you remember in your mind's eye in that location in your house. To where you walk through and you can remember, oh, I'm supposed to pick up eggs from the store. <clears throat> because in your mind's eye, you put eggs on the, the table right there as you walk in the door. Just one of the things that help us remember. Now, the, I believe God knows us very well, doesn't he? God knows how we think. God knows how we remember. And so when we gather around this table, God is the one that said, do this so you remember. Do this, tied to a physical location, to a a time, to where we do something together physically so we remember what Jesus has done and what it means in our lives. When we get, when when we're put on Christ in baptism, you know, the water isn't magical. But God knows us. That we have a point that we remember. I did that. And in that, I made a declaration. To all those who are present. I made a a declaration to God that I am yours. That I am yours 100%. That we give our lives. And that in that water, we remember. What God has done. Because there. There. There in Christ my sins were gone. There in Christ, I've become holy. There in Christ I am God's one hundred percent. What is it that you need to remember today? What is it? What have you forgotten? Have you forgotten how we're all together? as a family of believers that you belong that you were loved have you forgotten how God is faithful to his promises that what he says he'll do he does have you forgotten that you made a commitment to God in Christ and you let go of of your past, turned away from it, where you admitted God was right all along about our sins, that he was right about who Jesus was, and that by being buried with him in baptism, that you... That was more than just saying, I want to be forgiven. That was saying, I want to be God's. And maybe this morning that what you need to do is to make that declaration, put on Christ in baptism. It may be as a child of God that today you need some prayers and encouragement to help you remember and know and live what is true. If you need to respond this morning for any reason, would you come now as we stand and sing?